Welcome to the Geek Cheek Podcast, where we've officially hit the point in the year where we record things out of time, and both of us are very confused with scheduling. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm so confused. Yeah, well, it'll make it, I'll make it work. I'll make it work in post. We'll fix it in post. Today, we're talking about The Mandalorian, and kind of Disney Plus a little bit at the same time, because they go hand in hand, but mostly we want to talk about The Mandalorian. Which is one of the best things I've seen in so long. Like, I'm so excited about it. It was, it's the only thing that I've gotten up early for to watch like before work in a long time i can't remember the last time i didn't just wait until the evening or some other time to watch it yeah you're texting me in the middle of the work day telling me like oh it's so good and i'm like i can't i'm at work like i i was jealous i was jealous of your working from homeness and i know that you uh because you get to work super early so it was like you'd already been working probably an hour or so and i'm just like here drinking coffee watching the uh, mandalorian on the couch all laid out it was it was great exactly yeah so it's it's good. We should probably say what it is if you don't know. So it's like one of so Disney Plus came out. Let's start there. And they have a bunch of original content, but they don't have all of the things they announced. Like there's a lot of Marvel shows coming. There's more Star Wars stuff coming. Um, they only have like a small selection of like original content to kick it off. But really the main thing, like the showpiece for their original content is The Mandalorian. So it's set yeah. in the Star Wars universe. It's a live action Star Wars show. And it's not like m-rated or r-rated or anything but it's definitely intended for adults like kids could watch it it would be fine but you can tell by the tone of the show that they're making this for you know like teenagers into adults probably kind of like what um the marvel movies are going for it's not made as much for kids as the star wars movies are yeah, it's probably more in line with the Avengers movies than anything and Civil War kind of with that all that serious tone, but still uh, not overly violent or anything. It's still Star Wars level violence. Yeah, and it's it's really cool because like we've never had a Star Wars live action show before. So this is new, you know, and I mean, I have to say their release schedule was also super smart. They did two episodes in the first week. So one was right when the service launched and then one was on Friday. So we didn't have to wait that long. So we get to actually talk about the first two episodes right now. And then there's a release every Friday. Um, and then they kind of offset it one the week that Rise of Skywalker comes out. So they're not competing on Friday with that new movie. It sounds like they're releasing like earlier that week or something or they're skipping that week. Um, and then they have the finale the week after Rise of Skywalker. So they basically set it up to get the Star Wars hype to maximum levels just in time for the movie's release, which is so smart of them to do. And then to maintain it afterward, because people like will see the movie early, then there's the holiday. And so there's that lull around like, like just like, okay, I've seen it. I'm going to do this other stuff. Then you watch the finale of the Mandalorian that makes you want to go back to the theater to watch Rise of Skywalker. Like this is an absolutely incredible piece of marketing the way that they've set it up. Yeah. And I just, I enjoyed it so much. Like it's set in, uh, the star wars universe obviously but it's like post empire um but it's before the first order so it's after the empire has fallen but before kind of the new everything has been established which is a really interesting time period that's kind of where we have the least amount of information in the star wars canon at the moment and that's what needs to be filled in but it's all like geared around this one mandalorian bounty hunter and one of the things i was thinking about towards the end of it like i was just trying to pull my thoughts together today before we jumped on here and the mandalorian is almost what boba fett was always promised to be but he never actually was it was like what boba fett it's what everybody wanted it to be but and if you look at what boba fett actually does there's not a whole lot he kind of stands around most of the time and looks intimidating but he doesn't do much 
I mean, he didn't get a lot of play in the in the original movies, and then in the TV shows that they've done so far, he's a kid, so he hasn't really done anything. Then you had Django in episode two, that was uh, kind of the okay, look, we can do something with this, and then he got killed off so so quickly, and uh, this is what we've always wanted Boba Fett to be. And I've seen actually a lot of people online say that this feels like Boba Fett fan fiction. Kind of because of that, because it does have that almost exact kind of Boba Fett feel rather than uh, kind of like the Mandalorians in Clone Wars. They don't have a Boba Fett feel so much. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, I think it's in the best way. It doesn't. I don't know. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, it didn't give me like a fan fiction vibe, but I definitely see like the Boba Fett underpinnings that it's pulling from and like the DNA that it's kind of tapping into for it. But I just thought the first episode it set the mood so well and more than anything else it's almost a tone piece to kick it off yeah it established this is a western that is the main thing that it did i mean that was one of the first things they announced about the mandalorian before we even knew that it was about the mandalorian they said that uh, they were making a post return of the jedi western uh based in the outer rim was what i had heard and i was like great that's that sounds awesome we're going to get smugglers and bounty hunters and all of that stuff because i mean that's what the western aspects of star wars you know that's what they are and so pulling it together with the mandalorian is like they they're shooting this like a western like everything about this from genre conventions to their their camera angles the way they're doing everything is western uh and it's like hitting you over the head with it so that you know that this is what you're watching uh and the first episode is is that down to a t down to the uh the shootout with people up top and having to take uh, pot shots around around cover like it is shot like a western at an old saloon you know yeah it was super cool i love that shootout that was probably one of the best things in the first two episodes was that shootout at the end of episode one this is going to be full of spoilers if you guys don't know that already we're deep into it so um but the ig unit was really cool also like i love how they worked that in there right it wasn't ig 88 but it's like okay i see what they're doing bounty hunters like actually showing us how this droid would be deadly because i always kind of looked at ig 88 and thought like eh, that's kind of lame like i don't i don't get it and now it's like oh okay <laughs> i see what they were going for yeah, they turned the spindly, weird-looking thing into a terrifying uh, monstrosity of uh, like guns and death, and he's he's a death tornado, and it's it's wonderful. Like IG Eleven, he was voiced by Taika Waititi, the uh, the guy who did Korg, uh, voice of Korg in Thor Ragnarok, and actually directed Thor Ragnarok. So I'm curious because of what happens at the end of the first episode with him being killed, if we're going to get him back because I love the humor that they had just setting up that rapport. Uh, between them was like okay time to self-destruct and he's like no stop trying to self-destruct like I love stuff like that and I would love this to be more of a buddy thing uh, with those two not liking one another but then he killed him so I don't know if that's subversion or if it's something to come back to yeah and I don't know you know the first two episodes really feel like they're trying to set the tone and set the premise and then there was kind of a clean it's not a perfectly clean break but there's definitely like a break in what they've been doing after episode two that sets it up for like okay everything after episode two is going to be probably the rest of the season and it feels like he needs more people to bounce off of almost like that kind of like guest character was in the first two episodes the guy who had spoken him i don't actually I know his name him. what was his i don't name? know what his name was i have no idea he's one of the ones i haven't looked up a name for or anything and never heard i just i call him nick nolte because nick nolte did his voice and uh, was that was playing him so i just referred to him as nick nolte 
so when Jennifer that, and I are talking about him. <laughs> that alien that says, I have spoken, like, he he feels almost like a surrogate crew for a little bit, and then he mm-hmm. doesn't stick with him. So it feels like the Mandalorian is ready to go and get a crew and like acquire one and kind of get a little bit more connected to the world. So I hope they touch on that because he does need more people to bounce off of, but they've done such a good job of showing his personality and kind of his moods, his emotions, all of that while wearing a helmet the entire time. He hasn't taken up a helmet in two episodes and that's such a bold choice, but it works so well. And I'm curious if they're going to, if he's actually going to take it off, because Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor. Obviously, we've seen him and he he's pretty like he's a he's a good looking guy. So to keep him under the mask is a strange choice. But at the same time, he's doing so well with just body language that I could see them doing it and just keeping that where you don't know is what he looks like or his name the entire time. But I expect we're going to get a name when they start going into more of you know you haven't gotten your sigil yet or something along those lines yeah well it really seems like they're digging into like the mandalorian lore and making some more of it canon but also just exposing a lot more of it to you know kind of adults like the adults that have never gone out and read the books or watched the cartoons like you and i have because like as much as the cartoons can be good even like you know the 3d animated ones they're really for kids first and like adults can also enjoy them and i know that when i'm watching them so do you but then like you know the novels that have like dive deep and stuff there haven't been a whole lot of the ones in the new canon that actually touched on mandalorian stuff so this show is already doing a lot to just kind of like solidify some of it in canon and then also get everybody else up to speed on things that we do know from you know the live action car not live action but like um, 3d cartoons yeah, and that was something I was thinking about earlier, too, that this is the first TV show that isn't aimed at kids That that at first, I mean, because, like you said, they're good, but I still look at Clone Wars as a kid show. Resistance, I've heard, is actually even more of a kid show, and I haven't started it. So it's... Uh, it's something that with the Mandalorian people will see and think that it's for them because there are a lot of people who avoid animation outright thinking that it's uh, it's for children. Yeah, but I mean, one of the main things that I'm glad that they got into this was Beskar Steel. Like, that's so important. And I think you had mentioned that it's probably in Clone Wars, which makes sense to me, too. That yeah, it's in I there think in it canon is. somewhere, but this makes it more real because like we've never seen it live action before. It just it feels so different, you know, and, you know, kind of getting that into Mandalorian culture and the fact that they never really take off their armor unless they absolutely have to. And he wears his helmet all the time. Like, I just I want to know more about it and how they're going to personify that as it goes along. And as they've talked about them not taking off their helmets and things, when he goes into the Enclave uh, in the first episode and you see the other Mandalorians, you see kids with helmets on and you see different shapes of helmets as well. It's uh, it's something that I think they're going to be playing with a lot is, you know, what we think of with him as fans. And then we're actually going to dig into the culture at some point over the series, whether that's season one or season two or anything. We'll just have to see because the episodes are actually short and so are the seasons yeah it's it's good though like i love what i've seen so far and i'm surprised at how much i'm liking it even though there's there's no jedi there's no sith there's no galaxy spanning consequences that we know of but hopefully they don't do that like there's new characters there's new locations i want more of that i want more of that world building and touching on things that we don't already know like as much as i love a good force user story or jedi story or sith story i want other things because star wars is sometimes you know it has this tendency to 
it can be its best when it's being weird and doing new things. And I want more of that. Yeah, and I'm really impressed by the way that they could do the world building with this one. That that one of the things, like you and I are both playing Jedi Fallen Order right now, and one of the best things about it to me is the expansion of the universe. That I like just exploring in it just to see the worlds, just to see what I can see and what they've put in kind of as Easter eggs. And that's the way I feel about The Mandalorian. When I'm watching it, I'm looking at these planets, trying to see things and Easter eggs in the background and just what they've done for set dressing, like actual set dressing, to make it more interesting and tie in with the rest of the uh, series and, the well, the rest of the movies, I guess, and TV shows. But it's like I love how they're able to expand on it because of TV. Well, and they're doing really smart things to tie back things from the movie, but to give it something new, right? So I'm thinking about, like, the Sandcrawler, the Jawa Sandcrawler. Like, there's a whole episode that's kind of centered around it you know and that gave you this chance to really understand it as this giant monstrosity hulking thing that's actually really intimidating and dangerous i never felt like that watching it in the movies but now Mm -hmm. i look at it and i'm like oh yeah that is kind of intimidating and scary because that would be hard to assault them basically because he tries and he fails um that was fun and then stuff like we can't not talk about like the baby yoda species which there's no name for so like in canon in the current canon there's no name for yoda's species we do know that there's yoda and then there's is it yaddle that was on the yaddle yeah yaddle was in on the council uh, i think it's y-a-d-d-l-e and uh, she was uh, in the show for all or the movie for all of what 15 seconds total just in the background and uh, never really talked about or brought up again yeah so now we get a baby yoda it's not a yoda but it's whatever yoda's species is and it uses the force and that's interesting like do all of them from that species use the force or you know if it's been around for 50 years could it be a clone of yoda or someone yoda like like there are questions there that aren't answered and i like that but it feels like it's going to add something to the world building and the universe because of the way they've structured it yeah and i've i've heard rumors about different things on different speculation uh, boards and reddits and stuff that i won't say or anything on here for people who don't want to know any of the rumors or anything but one of the one of the big things about them bringing it in is that i'm hoping that we see like maybe other members of the of the culture as well like not just this baby that might have been kidnapped or might have been cloned and shipped off like product or something like that but that we may see other adult members of the uh, of the clan the family of whatever the species i want to see a lot more and we have finally the opportunity for that in a tv show that uh where they wouldn't maybe be able to spend a lot of time on that if it were a movie yeah well it's probably worth mentioning like that is one of the most interesting things about it is that we've never had a live action tv show for it like for star wars ever and i think this is what star wars needed like Star Wars has been trying to find its way since it landed at Disney. You know, they started episode seven, eight, nine, but that's coming mm-hmm. to a close. And they were trying to, in between those episodes, launch these other movies and kind of do what they were doing with Marvel, where, oh, we're going to put out a Star Wars thing every year and everyone's going to love it. And it didn't pan out that way. Like Mm-mm. people don't really like Rogue One and Solo the same way that they like the core movies. And it's almost soured people on the episodic movies because of it, which is the opposite of what they wanted. 
Yeah, and it's really strange to me that that it happened that way. That uh, that the Marvel movies can keep coming out, you know, two or three a year sometimes, and j- people just eat them up. And then there's Star Wars that you do the the extra year, you put one out more than every two years at least, and they're they just can't keep that quality up. And I don't know if that speaks to the quality of the movies and the saga movies in general and what we expect out of them, or if it's just a hard thing to to get the, that kind of quality in and not make it sound not make it seem trite because in a comic book movie it's okay to feel comic booky but in Star Wars you don't really want it to feel comic booky even though whimsy and quirk are part and parcel of it uh, that it it takes a very specific kind of person to do to do science fantasy right and well, they may not be able to find that there's also something to be said about it's kind of a miracle that any tv show or any movie ever gets completed as someone who worked <laughs> in production for more than a decade like i it, it's hard to do it's very very hard to do and people forget that because we're in such a golden age of tv and movies right now but marvel and the mcu is it's probably never going to be replicated ever like it is unique and it is amazing that they have been able to do it and unless you've worked in production it's kind of hard to overstate how impressive it is that they have kept their output so consistently solid and good across the entire thing you need somebody with their hand on it who is keeping that consistency and like has the overall vision and so for marvel it's kevin feige but for star wars it's supposed to be kathleen kennedy but it it's just it hasn't been working out the way that people thought that it would so it's really good to see that now that they've come around to trying a live tv show this is a good fit and this is a really good fit for the universe and maybe this is the way forward maybe you only have a star wars movie every two or three or four years so it's this really big deal and it can be of like epic quality and then in between you fill it in with live action star wars shows i'd be all there for that I think you're absolutely right, because that's the thing about Star Wars movies is that, and well, Star Wars in general for me, is that I go so deep that I'll then burn myself out on Star Wars. And like when Rogue One and Solo were coming out in between uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I didn't get excited for them. I was basically making sure that I, I was holding myself back for the saga movies, for the episode movies, without like really letting myself get super super pumped like I like I do because I knew that I was going to burn out and maybe not want to see or care that much about the ones that I really 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 was invested in because all of the other movies like these other 6 that have come out and 7 as well the 7 of them at least have been event movies for me and yeah, having and- an event movie every year is really taxing on uh, on hype based fans like me <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. They got to give it more room to breathe. And, you know, the other thing is when you're doing like a movie every year, then almost everything that you put out in Star Wars has to tie into it. And it's so limiting to do that to yourself because it's like, oh, well, we have a new video game coming out. How do we tie that into the movie that's about to come out? Or we have more novels. How do we tie the next two or three novels into the movie that's coming out that year? Whereas if you give it more room to breathe, Star Wars can get weird again and it can go off on these tangents that people just love. People like me. Like, that's what I really like. I want to know more about the universe and the weird stuff going on in it. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about next week about Jedi Fallen Order once we've both beaten it. And one of the things about it that I like is I'm seeing elements of Star Wars in it, getting explanation and talking about and like seeing places that have only been mentioned before that have I've never been able to explore or even know existed. And I'm excited about that. And that's what the TV is going to be able to do as well, because those are the things like you that I care about. Um, one of the things you were saying a second ago with not with them being more uh, event movies you're not having to tie everything into them all the time I think that that is going to be like a saving grace for Star Wars and I think it may be a misstep for the MCU because Kevin Feige came out and said they have this like 13 minute uh, like featurette that has Comic Con clips and things like that uh, from about the MCU and upcoming movies on Disney Plus and they said he said that the MCU phase 4 won't make any sense if you have to watch all of the TV shows for the phase 4 to make sense which i think is stupid yeah that seems like a misstep i don't know it, it does yeah we'll see if that's an overstatement to try to get people to watch them i don't know yeah. i don't know it's a good question cuz i really yeah i hope that's not actually full on true like because even agents of shield got to the point where i couldn't keep up with it and there were some tie-ins but not major ones thank goodness because it just became too overwhelming to keep up with everything like that with all the movies coming out and all that tv show on everything else yeah and it depends too right like if it's this kind of premiere tv that they're going for with the mandalorian where there's like six or eight episodes to a season and that's right. it maybe it'd be fine especially if the episodes are like half hour to 45 minutes right so if you get like eight to ten episodes 45 ish minutes for like wandavision like that's not unreasonable to watch whereas if they're actually going to output like 22 episode hour-long shows that that becomes a harder ask yeah, and like I don't want that. I used to be the kind of person who wanted full 22 episode seasons, and now I've gotten really just really weary of them. I'm tired of seeing those. When I see it, it's like, oh man, I wish that was 13. Like 13, 12 to 13 is my favorite length of, of season. When I when it's a six episode, I get really sad because it's not going to like it's going to get me excited, really want to uh, see a lot of it. 10 is pretty OK. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. 12 to 13 or something like good. They're going to be able to tell a solid story, go into enough detail and not have lots of filler. Yeah, I really like the eight to 10. Eight to 10 usually is enough to tell a really good story. And if it's eight, it's like it. I, I almost like eight episode seasons of stuff more than anything else because it almost always leaves me satisfied but also wanting more whereas if i get to 10 episodes i'm like okay i'm done or if it's at six i'm like oh i really really wanted more of that eight is kind right. of like i don't know for some reason that's kind of the middle ground i'm landing in but i mean speaking of like all of that disney plus is a thing that we should probably talk about before we jump uh, off this right. topic in general so it came out and it had like 10 million subscribers on day one of which you and i were both one mm -hmm. um there's so much content there. There's so much content. And it's also organized really poorly. It's so hard to find things. That there are features in this app that really need to be there. And it's version one. I'm okay with it, whatever. I'm you we're used to to stuff being put in in updates. But there are it, it, it's not organized well. No, and there's that's okay. I mean, they'll get there, right? Um 
there are some originals. So there's stuff like uh, The Imagineering, and I know Lady and the Tramp, and there's like a movie that was a Christmas movie, like Noel, and then Noel, Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian's the big one. Um, there's The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which I watched mm-hmm. like 10 minutes of and I couldn't do anymore. Um, I haven't watched any of it. We want to, but we haven't watched it. There's Encore with uh, Kristen Bell. Uh, there is um, uh, uh, High School Musical, the series, and things like this. And it looks like all of these are on a weekly release schedule. That they're yeah. all going to be on a Friday schedule because it looked like there was a new Imagineering one uh, when we went and looked at it this weekend that we didn't realize that they, they were going to be releasing you know, simultaneously on Fridays. Yeah, so... I want to dive into those more. I haven't done a whole lot besides watching like The Mandalorian and then going to their back catalog. And then I just started to dabble with the other originals. But have you watched any more of those? Uh, Of the originals? Yeah. The only ones that I've watched are the first Imagineering uh, episode. Uh, We watched Lady and the Tramp, which I was not interested in. I didn't really like the animated series or the animated show uh, Lady and the Tramp when I was a kid, the animated movie, and never have. But I thought that the live action one, once you get past the kind of weird animation in the first few minutes of it, that it was delightful. It was one of the just most entertaining movies I've seen in a long time uh, because it's just pure these dogs are falling in love and i loved it and uh like it was we've watched a couple episodes of ducktales uh we've watched a few of the original mickey mouse cartoons like the old vintage uh, steamboat willie and then uh, later ones like that we'll just sit and watch an eight minute long mickey mouse cartoon and they're great i just love old cartoons like that yeah, I went back and watched some of the back catalog, and I think between Star Wars and the Disney back catalog, and I don't even know if MCU really is that much of it for me because there's so many places to get MCU stuff. Right. But between Star Wars and the Disney back catalog, this service is so completely worth it for me, and all mm-hmm. of the originals that they're putting out are kind of like extra on top of it, you know? Um if they weren't doing originals in the Star Wars universe, I probably would have hesitated on day one, but The Mandalorian is really what like sold me into it. I actually would have gotten day one because of DuckTales and things like that and the uh, like Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels series being on there. They I have been watching uh, Rebels, actually. I have gone in and watched a few episodes of Rebels. Um, the They also have like old stuff from when we were kids as well. They've got the old DuckTales. They've got all the Disney Afternoon stuff where they have uh, uh, Gummy Bear. I think Gummy Bears is on there. I haven't looked for it specifically. Um, but Darkwing Duck and... Uh, stuff like that so i'm really really excited to watch a lot of that stuff too yeah i want to go back and re-experience that and see how it holds up because i haven't seen it since i was a kid a Um, lot of it does that that we actually have the darkwing duck dvds and uh, watching them they're still fun to watch that i mean i'm not going to binge watch them or anything uh that's the way a lot of like disney series were at that time uh it's hard to watch lots of those episodes but as one-offs they're fun the old, also the old x-men show was on there the fox x-men show is on there to uh, watch which we had no idea about but it was a nice surprise that morning yeah and i know one of the other things that sold a lot of people that i know into it is that there's like the full simpsons back catalog there which I liked Simpsons for like a couple years when I was like 10, I think, but I I was never really into it the way that some people are into it, but there's like right. 30 seasons of The Simpsons there. I mean, there's so much Star Wars stuff. You know, I started watching um, Star Wars, what's it called? Resistance? Res- 
resistance with, yeah yeah i started watching that with my kids it's definitely a kid's show so i'm watching it with them instead of on my own because i would burn out if i was just watching that at my normal pace of like oh let me get through this it's not really that mm-hmm. kind of show for me um but i did start going back and watching through all the pixar shorts because those have been really hard to find over the years and the pixar shorts are so good like that's they some of the really good. best filmmaking that Pixar has ever done is in those shorts. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of those on different shorts collections, like either that somebody will have one and we borrow it or there's a collection on Netflix or something like that. But just going and watching, I've done that too, just watching the shorts because they are great. They are some of the best stuff that they've done, like you said. Yeah, and there's one in there that I hadn't seen in years because I could never find it again. It's Lava which is from the front of Moana. You've seen mm-hmm. that one, right? Oh, yeah. It made me cry. Okay. So I've watched that one again probably like 10 times in the last week since Disney Plus oh, came out. Oh, wow. Because I, I mean, really, it is really like that one. It is one of the best ones they've ever done. Yeah. So I think overall Disney Plus gets thumbs up from both of us. Yeah, I am really enjoying it. I've And the thing is, like, I know that a lot of people are not getting it because they have feelings about Disney as a company and, and ethics and all of the stuff that, that goes into politics. But the thing that happens with Disney for me is that looking at this stuff, it is such a part of my childhood and growing up that I love Disney because of the feeling that this content creates in me. And Disney Plus, loading it up and seeing it all right there and being able to watch is so much better than having it on DVD or Blu-ray or anything because it's all right there and there's stuff that I've never been able to see on TV like this before. And so like, it is so worth the price that they're charging. Yeah, and we're both so psyched for the rest of The Mandalorian, so I don't think there's any way The Mandalorian doesn't make our top five lists of the best of the rest for the year, which is coming up very soon for recording. No, it's I'm I'm really, really excited about what's going to be on that because the last half of this year has been really solid with stuff. And I mean, like, the, talking about The Mandalorian, I didn't realize until the second episode that with the Jawas and the Sandcrawler stuff that uh, some of the toys that I've seen in... Uh, the store like they have an off-world Jawa is what they call it in the Black Series and I was like oh they're gonna have those that's really cool in uh, Rise of Skywalker I wonder what planet they're gonna be on and it turns out that the the toy was from the Mandalorian and I didn't know that like it was really nice to get to see that they're putting out toys for this stuff that I had no idea in that last last batch of stuff that they did on Force Friday that I had no idea was either Rise of Skywalker or Mandalorian and that they're interesting enough that it doesn't matter which one it is, that yeah. they're both coming out. It's like, oh, these are really cool. And it's like, I like that they're a little Jawas on another planet. Like, <laughs> of, of, that, that, that's, that's neat. And they're mean. But, okay, so this egg thing, right? Yeah. You know the storyline where he's having to get this egg for them? I do. I what have watched you- the show, yes. Yes. Well, 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 I'm I'm just I'm pointing that that part out. Shut up. And uh <laughs> shush, shushy. Um as my wife tells me all the time, shushy. Um when they got the egg, what did you think would it surprise you that they just broke into it and started eating it immediately? Not really. Like, I I guess I didn't know what they were going to do, but I wasn't surprised cuz they were Jawas. They can do whatever. They can do whatever, but it was just so weird to me that like we're gonna eat this like like Winnie the Pooh eats his honey, and I'm just like that's strange. It's not what I expected them to do. I was like, man, they really like eggs, but yeah, it was just weird. I did not expect it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's just like that that part really surprised me because I thought there was gonna be more like because of all the lead up to it, like they're trading a spaceship for this egg. It's like nah, I'm just gonna eat this egg. <laughs> 
like, All <laughs> okay. right. That's probably a good place to uh, put down the topic of the Mandalorian. Um, why don't you tell people where they can support us if they want to? Uh, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast We have all sorts of rewards on there. You can uh, become hang out with us on Discord as a patron saint of geekery. You can do all sorts of other stuff that my brain stopped working a little bit ago. <laughs> so I was thinking about that egg, and I can't remember <laughs> anymore because of that. But That's you okay. can go see, as long just like me, at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast Yeah, come tell us what you like about The Mandalorian or Star Wars or anything, because we love having those conversations. Um, around the network this week, Geekitude, Joe had a guest on and they talked about audio entertainment in general, which is interesting because everyone who's listening to this right now is listening to audio entertainment. So you're obviously interested in the topic, hopefully. Uh, True. time with Katie and Chelsea, they talked about Last Christmas, so they're kind of getting onto Christmas movies. They've been on a movie kick lately. And then Troidal is streaming randomly in the mornings these days. Uh, Capsule J is streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern and Sundays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And then The Geekery, you can go and see what everyone's been writing about. So we have uh, Austin's Dragon Quest Quest. We have 13th Story writing about uh, video games and stuff. And Data Error is on there. And he's new. We should probably tell everybody that but he's writing about all sorts of stuff too yep he's got a pokemon post was his first one talking about it and it's great his if you haven't read his blogs before go to geek to geekmediacom slash geekery and you can uh, read it it's good he's he's good at what he does yeah so time for weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week what have you been doing or is it mostly uh, disney plus it's mostly Disney Plus and uh, Jedi Fallen Order that uh, I had some issues thinking I wasn't going to get Fallen Order in after I pre-ordered it. And I still don't have my pre-order code. Like, I was told by Amazon that they uh, didn't get enough from the manufacturer, so I didn't get my orange lightsaber and stuff with it. Um, but I've uh, been playing it. We'll talk about it a lot next week. But I was really, really hesitant about the game. And I didn't know if I was going to like it. So I was like really trying to figure out ways. Should I buy it here? Should I, so I could take it back at GameStop within 48 hours? Should I buy it on Steam, play it, and then like transfer it, uh, like buy it on PlayStation then? And then I just decided that I was, I was lazy and didn't want to go back to the store uh, and get out that afternoon. I went and just opened up the deluxe edition that actually got delivered on time, like I thought it wouldn't. And, I thought it was going to be a waste of money at first because the combat was fun, but I got really frustrated at how often I died, which was fine. I didn't mind dying that often. I minded the three to four minutes my PlayStation took to load between deaths. And so that got really frustrating, but I turned the difficulty down to story mode and I've been loving it. Like it really feels like the follow up to Force Unleashed that I've been waiting on this entire time. And I know we're going to talk about it a lot more next week, so I won't say a lot, a lot to it. But if you're on the fence and are not sure if you're a Souls type combat person, like I'm not. The, the story mode still makes it so that you can have a really good time with it, even if you're terrible at those games and don't enjoy them like I do. Yeah, like so Jedi Fallen Order was probably the thing I did the most for Geekery in the last week. Um, I destroyed that game. Like, I beat it in two you days. You did. Yeah, I didn't start it until Saturday, and I was done by Sunday night. But that was pretty much all I did for Saturday and Sunday. So it was one of those rare weekends where I wasn't crazy busy, because usually I'm busy all the time, no matter what day of the week it is. And it just lined up where I could sit there for, like, two days, which is, like I said, something I rarely do. So... I, I crushed the game. 
um, <laughs> in a good way. And it gets two thumbs up for me. And I really want to talk about the ending, but almost nobody has beaten it. So that's the downside of finishing a game like two days after it comes out. Uh, yep. You're almost there. So I can almost talk to you about it. We'll yeah, hold I'm that almost for next there. I've week. played it a lot this weekend, so I'm almost there. Yeah, so we'll hold that for next week. Um, other stuff I did was I checked out Gloomhaven, the digital edition on Steam, because it's okay. kind of been in my cart and I was waiting for a sale and it was on sale the other week. So it's a solid digital version of the board game. But it's just not as compelling as the board game without having the campaign behind it. Because the campaign, that persistent campaign, really is this like through line and like storytelling mechanism. And it doesn't have that yet. It has this like early access, like adventure mode because they're still working on the campaign and everything that goes into that. So Uh, I played a few hours and I basically just decided until that I'm going to wait until the campaign releases in 2020. So they said it's out sometime next year. They're actively developing it. So they, I mean, it's sitting there in the starting menu. It's just grayed out right now. I haven't heard that they were doing a digital version until this. That's that's really neat. Where I'll wait cuz I want to play the game. I don't have a lot of board game friends like around locally that I can get together with regularly. So Gloomhaven on Steam might be a good way to do that. Yeah, it's super fun. Well, it's it's I should say Gloomhaven in general is really fun. Um and this makes it more approachable because you don't have to do all the setup. The game just does it for you. But without that campaign, it loses some of the I don't know, like internal consistency and like the story that pulls you through. So yeah, your mileage may vary. If you really just like the gameplay, go get it. Like don't hesitate. Totally go just get it right now. If you're into Gloomhaven for the story and those connective tissues, uh, just wait a little bit because it'll be there soon. Um, And then beyond that, I did Minecraft Earth. So this finally came out in, again, a kind of early access beta stage, but anybody can get into it. So it's just an open beta. I like this game a lot. You know what it is, right? Yeah, I do. I did not know it was out for public consumption yet. Yeah, it is as of like a week ago. So it's basically Pokemon Go in the overworld where you walk around, you tap on stuff, and then you tap it some more to collect it so you can get like building blocks. But the cool part and the fun part of the game is not that. Like that's kind of a side activity, even though it feels very much like Pokemon, is that you can put a build plate down like anywhere and you can just build on it, but you can build with friends. So like you can hit a button and it opens up a QR code and anybody else that has the app can scan that QR code and you can all build or like destroy your build plate together. So me and my kids, like we parked a build plate on the carpet in the center of the floor. And the three of us were just like building on it together and destroying on it together. And it's like Minecraft, but in real life. And it was just crazy. It was so much fun to do. That sounds really awesome as like this first proof of concept. Like I'm not a Minecraft person, so I mean this will be something that I'll get and I'll play with it just to see what it is. But this is the kind of thing that I want to exist as AR games so badly. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good AR game. It's probably the best AR game that I have ever seen. So nice. That's good. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to this week. So. That's probably it for this week. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on our Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, check out all the other content on our network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks.
I'm slightly less confused now. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi. My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye.